Hey guys. Hey. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> We're all here. We're all having some whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm fine to answer your question, which I don't believe was legitimate. <laughs> it was not at all. You caught me. You got me. Hey, I'm Dave McGuire. I'm Paul Root. And we are your stream warriors. And this is uh, Spandau Ballet with the song Gold for our Oscar episode. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a really excellent guest here today. Yes, we do. Which is unusual. No, it's not <laughs> unusual for us. What if we've had your wife? Yeah. We've had your wife. Our... We've had your wife. Okay, and that's where you're going to we'll make the back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've had, had Matt Beans. Had, Matt Beans is a great guest. Jeff, Jeff Alexander, Alexander Star guest. Wars super fan. Yeah. But, uh, and now we've got uh, the incomparable Jessica Martin. Jessica Martin, welcome. Oh, hi, guys. Thanks. We are thrilled to have you. Uh, Jessica and I know each other from when we co-starred on a television program on uh, the National Broadcasting Corporation channel's uh, Grimm. That was yeah. a good show. Yeah. True that. Yeah. First season. Yeah. Sasquatch uh, did got me. He did, did got <laughs> me. He sure did. He didn't get me, though. No, you lived. I just went a little cuckoo. <laughs> you went real cuckoo. <laughs> went real cuckoo. So much so that the, we never saw me again in the episode. No. Because uh, they just talked about me being in like crazy in the hospital. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Th- that they did. Uh, also, isn't Grimm available streaming on Netflix? I I'm sure it is. I believe or it Hulu. is. Or Hulu. Yeah, it's yeah, a, potentially both. Hulu. Or the yeah. NBC app. Yeah. So there you I'd, go. I'd check go it. check it out. Season 1, episode Season one. 21. Episode 21. Big well, I feet. thought it was 22. Let's not argue about that wait, wait. right now. It's called Big Saxophone. <laughs> Sexy <laughs> saxophone. Sexy I'm seeing John Hamm just go, Sergio, in my head over oh, and over that's right That's a now. good image. That's actually <laughs> pretty much it occupies my entire day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NBC SNL Digital Short The Curse. Yeah. Also available streaming somewhere. It is on uh, Hulu. There you go. There and you go. Right now. Probably on the YouTubes. And the YouTubes. YouTube. Everything's on the yeah, YouTubes. Yeah. I love uh, I love the YouTube app. I've never been naked on film. You look for Paul Root naked on YouTube. It's there. Hey, so <laughs> I, I actually, when I first moved here, I was asked to be naked on film. This is a true, uh, so uh, do you guys remember the sitcom Kate and Alley? Not that, at that, all. Okay, so I that is, that I'm, I'm old, so that, <laughs> uh, that factors into that statement. Uh, so there was a, a uh, the, the kid on that show was um, Chip, was the character's name on that show. And um, he went on to have a, um, I mean, successful direct-to-DVD career. Hey. And uh, so one of the films that he was doing required like uh, um you know a, a a big fat guy to be getting out <laughs> of the shower and to be covering himself just with like a washcloth in the uh loin area and uh so they called <laughs> me area. and they they offered me the job and um i for, straight up i they did they offered me the job and i turned it down and i to this day wish turned down for not. what Turn down for every time you're gonna turn something down. I want you to ask yeah, yourself yeah. that question. For what? For what? For what? Why would I do what? that? Just say yes. That's to the loincloth covering. To the loincloth yeah. covering role. Yeah. I could have been a star. I could have like at least gotten to Adam Sandler movies. Like, <laughs> like not second or third lead, but like 
Body double. Yeah, body double yeah. For, Ke- for Kevin, Kevin James. James. That's if I you were still approximately be- that size. Because, yeah. yeah, I would definitely say you're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and Kevin James. Dave lost an entire person. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, or so. two. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, sentiment. Okay. So, the Oscars are coming up. That right. they are. Yes. And we want people to get in the mood to whitewash... Wa- uh, watch that. To watch that. Gosh, I don't know where that came Stupid. from. <laughs> that was, wasn't it? Um, this movie stars inarguably the greatest actor ever. Yeah, I and mean... <laughs> Jessica's shaking her head. No, Ugh. I'm just like, it's, he's just so dreamy. Okay. He, uh, so uh, I have a note about that later that yeah. I want to talk about, too. The dreamy note. Oh, yeah. There's a dreamy note in here. I think we can here. all agree that Paul Newman is dreamy. Yeah, I was thinking about... All I was thinking about while watching that, the verdict, which is available streaming on Netflix, all I was wa- uh, thinking about was just drowning in a pool of crystal blue, perfect, untainted water. That was his <laughs> eyes. So okay, um, to to like to launch. And into he was the, in his sixties. No, he was. I, I looked it up. He's almost sixty. Yes. Oh, he was. Oh, he's yeah. fifty nine. I think he was like okay. fifty eight or so. Okay. So Roger Ebert's review of of the film mentions that this is like our transition for Paul Newman. Like that this yeah. is the transition mm-hmm. for him from. And this was written in eighty two when this movie was. Made. By David Mamet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. David no, Mamet. I mean that the uh, the Ebert review was oh. written. Oh, that sure, year. yeah. And so he he says like we are really looking forward to what Newman is going to offer as an older actor, hmm. and like wow. Yeah. So uh, again, I went into the annals like I do. I'm gonna have to cut that out every time. I now. know. But so apparently, Sidney Lumet. There were three months of rehearsals before they started shooting. Yeah. So it's like when you, like, if you talk to, like, you know, Jessica or I, or I'm sure, like, actors you worked with, Dave, when you were on, like, Ugly Betty or Rodney or what have you, uh, especially when you're a guest star or a co-star, it's like, okay, go. And I know it's a little bit different. um, Oh, no, Rodney took three months to rehearse every episode. (laughs) And you see it up there on the screen. Mm -hmm. But, uh... John Schlesinger and John Ford, and so like a lot of these guys work the same way. Uh, but Sidney Lumet uh, wanted did three months of rehearsals with the actors uh, before you know putting anything on film. Yeah. And apparently he was not super pleased with Paul Newman in the beginning because they wanted Robert Redford. Yes. And Robert. Oh, shucks, I got Paul Newman. I know. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> I'm done. Right. So they wanted Redford. Sidney Lumet was like, okay, we got Paul Newman, great. But uh, Newman's career for a short amount of time, he hadn't, you know, the there was a, a conversations around the business that he had kind of been phoning it in for a short period of time. Was he too rich and successful? Uh, yeah, and too much of a philanthropist and a yeah. race car driver and, and hero. A cool guy, yeah, too incredible. And generally coolest dude maker, ever. Uh, yeah, he bathed in that salad dressing in a. Mm. Yeah, so as do we. Yeah, that's why we look so young and vivacious mm-hmm. and, and amazing. And why I smell but like Parmesan most of the time. That's why I'm mm. friends with you. Mm. So, uh, Sydney Lamette was like not super pleased, supposedly with uh, Newman's effort during rehearsals and was like, hey, you're not like 35-year-old Paul Newman. You're almost 60. You're not that good looking anymore. 
All right? So you can't ride that wave. So you better figure it out. Wow. And there's a very few people who would come at Paul Newman like yeah, that. Yeah, that's some real talk right the, there. Yeah, the guy who directed 12 Angry Men can do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Speaking of which, two actors from 12 Angry yes. Men are in this film. Yeah. Uh, another thing, you know that I love this, and now Jessica, you'll know, I love it when directors reuse actors. Yeah. I love it. Oh, don't we. Yeah, uh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All actors mm-hmm. love that. Sure. Hi, but, uh, <laughs> right. But uh, Paul Newman, like, just absolutely killed it in this performance, oh. and then, like, followed it up with Color of Money, mm-hmm. where he won the Oscar finally. Yeah. But, uh... In this movie, it was nominated for five Oscars. Picture, yeah. actor for Newman, supporting actor for James Mason. <coughs> Bless you. Uh, director for Lamette, and uh, best adapted screenplay from previously produced work for one David Mamet. Oh, man. Mamet's so good. He's... Mamet's so oh, good. Oh, man. Like, I can't even believe the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. It... it uh... The structure and the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if only the podcast medium were a visual medium. <laughs> so yeah, I want, I want to get into. Okay, so I want to get into the first let's, thing that I let's wrote. Let's talk down. about the movie. All yeah, right. let's go. Um, I'm so from 1982, I the very first thing that I wrote down was, is this the last 70s movie? I I totally felt that when I watched oh, it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, because I like I love movies from the 70s. Mm-hmm. I I totally dig movies from the 80s but this one does not feel like it belongs in the decade that it was made right right no yeah no i i i you're right and i that just hit me i think part of it is because it kind of uh takes place in uh it i think because it takes place on the east coast like maybe in boston or whatnot it didn't have that like very uh la uh coked out neon vibe to it (laughs) Oh, man. It's much like this podcast, which yeah. is uh, also coked out quite but, a bit. Yeah. But it came out in 82. It was probably shot in 81. Yeah, 80, sure. 81, 80. sure. Yeah, and these, I mean, yeah. The uh, <laughs> three months of um, of rehearsal, uh, rehearsal and... would certainly contribute to that schedule. And, I mean, I'm sure that it ran on, if not Broadway. Did he, Was this originally a play? It was a book. It was a book by uh, Mamet, or no? I no, think he, he adapted it. He adapted play, it. Yeah, but it was not a play at all. So he didn't do any. But I mean, everything that Mamet does still feels like stage work. Regardless, it does of, to me too. Okay. Even what yeah. the yeah, yeah the even Red Belt or Spartan or some of his like you know more uh, more up to date work right. definitely feels uh, stagey. Yeah. Uh, as we're, uh, on the uh, our drug of choice off of the subject of Coke, um, <laughs> Coca Cola uh, and uh, Coca Cola. Filed um, in in Atlanta, Georgia. That's right. Kevin An Bacon. original ingredient of Coca-Cola. Yeah. It was, of course, beer. Cocaine. Uh, so this is also appropriate for this uh, episode because uh, part of the reason Redford didn't do it is because the character uh, of uh, Frank Galvin, which is played by Paul Newman, is a drunk. Yeah. Uh, and he smokes. Inveterate. And... Yeah. Uh, correct. Could use some verbiage. Um, but... Uh, we are drinking this evening uh, delicious um, kind of tea-infused uh, mixer uh, from the Owl's Brew called Coco Lata in uh, Champagne for the Oscars. Can't even believe how good that is. By no, the way. it's so tasty. It was, it was yeah. tasty. Yes. It was tasty. And then we're also drinking uh, a couple of appropriately uh, named beers. We have a Snapshot from New Belgium Brewery that we're drinking, as well as... um. Arrogant Bastard Ale. 
Pittsburgh and Escondido, California. Yeah. So those, I think, are both really well titled I love that you're, like, displaying these bottles like people can see them. And we have here. I'm such a ham hock. If there is any more visual a medium than the podcast. Than the podcast. I do not know what it is. Nor do I. Nor do I. Uh, so now and, that and we... And of course, Jameson's. Yes. Yeah. Although, after watching the movie today, I was like, oh, it should have been Bushmills, but we're we're halfway there with an Irish whiskey. Which is my mom's favorite spirit, by the way. Bushmills or Jameson? Yeah. Bushmills. Bushmills. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, there's two camps. There's Bushmills, there's Jameson's. And well, you know what? They've both got their points. Let's not fight. Let's not. Let's not. Let's, let's get friends. along. Yeah, because... Uh, and, just can, and just get maybe a little... Just a tiny Just bit. Tipsy oh. McSwagger. Tipsy McSwagger. Oh. oh, that was my Oh, name. that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ouchies. <laughs> well, and as you'll see on our Instagram, we've got a, a, a Con Cannon, a Galvin, and a, a Laura uh, Fisher here. Or uh, you could say a Paul Newman, a Charlotte Rampling, and a, uh, a James, James Mason, Mason here uh, with the way that we dress Mason. this evening. Oh, man. James yeah, Mason. I had to wear a three-piece suit. Dave had to wear a bow tie, and Jessica's got a great pants number. Yeah, yeah totally. I have a, I have a and green a sport coat on. Beasley jumpsuit with pockets. I might add. with pockets, oh, nice. with pockets. and a sport coat and, and a sport, a sport coat. coat because it's still a little chilly. It is a little bit. It is a little bit. A tiny bit. Mm-hmm. The verdict. The movie. The we verdict. Can't, we can't stay on subject. Uh, I the first scene of the movie. Yeah. It it's almost unsettling. Yeah. But it draws you in so deep when he's playing pinball and it has those bold red letters, and it's so quiet. Yeah. The movie, the movie all the way through is so quiet. Mm-hmm. Jessica, did you get the sense like uh, with the opening credits that it, it felt like a horror movie to me? Like it kind felt of. Like it, it had the same vibe of the opening credits for like The Exorcist and stuff. And this is like like really. Um, like really spoke to me in sort of like the way that it was setting itself up and yeah. the, the type of movie that I was expecting. Yeah, and like the end credits was just like red on yes. black. Yeah, it does. It and the end. We'll, we'll get to gothic, we'll get to the end at the end. The gothic gothic font. lettering, yeah, yeah, the font and whatnot. Uh, and I love how in that first uh those first few minutes, it's like a snapshot of of his current life mm-hmm. of yeah. Paul Newman's current life. Yeah. Just boozing. And then he drops like an egg. Is that, did he drop an egg in just like a straight up beer, like a lager? Did he do that? I, he, I, I, he cracks I, an I, egg and drops it into it. like a stein at the, at the bar at his at local haunt. Yeah. And then he chugs it and like, and yeah, that's his books breakfast. out. That's his breakfast. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, they established that for sure. Yeah. But itself. Or maybe it's like a throwback to cool hand Luke. Oh. Oh. Maybe it just got meta there. The sweatiest <laughs> movie ever made, according this to the is... pilot of Cheers. The... Oh, that's right. Tay ties back to our last episode. What? Meta just everywhere. Hooray. <laughs> and that's You're the welcome. end of the episode. Uh, at this point, I wrote down the couch in his office and just so much of the furniture in this movie. I was like, this furniture is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I could not. I was how, so how fixated you on it. Decorate? It's very like male furnishing. I well, want, it's everything it all looks very uncomfortable. To be <laughs> called Corinthian. And it's like. Corinthian like, leather. Corinthian leather. Yeah. It's uh, you get an immediate sense of his state. Like the state of his life. Yeah. And then you, but you still like, 
you get this sense that he is a scumbag. But you, you also do. You do. get this sense that he was something more than he is, mm-hmm. not only in the, in the way that he dresses, but also in sort of the way that he is... If, like, he's disgusted with himself, and you... It's like a sense of that is very palpable on screen, is that he's disgusted with himself from mm-hmm. the very beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, he can't live with himself. He's, no. he, dr- he drinks himself into a stupor because he can't handle his own thoughts. He's Paul Newman. Like, you know he's a good guy underneath it all. Like, come on. Can, can you save him, Jessica? Uh, he can save himself. Mm. He can. You know he can. She's he, right. He's he's not a woman in this field. Come, film. Come on. <laughs> oh, let's, my God. Let's be honest. It's not like Charlotte Rampling here. Come on. Uh, we're going to disagree about that for at least one moment of this movie. What, we're going to get to he, that. He can't save himself or she? he can't save her? Well... Maybe both. both con- well, no, he okay. does save himself. He does. He does. Okay. Yeah. He listened well, to his gut. Yeah. He was right. Sure. But his gut, the... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The vocalization of his gut was from her mouth. Mm. As far okay. as I was... Con- I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the part that I'm talking about. So Because that sounds very wrong how it just came out. He, he can't... <laughs> he is too much of a coward... Mm. to, yes, there to was that scene. embrace his own oh, uh, power or value mm-hmm. and she has to tell him that scene uh, in her bathroom okay yeah. we're gonna get Can into we, it we, no 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 we, no, we gotta so we gotta structured i'm like you're checking things off the list and i'm like i just want to get down to brass tacks guys yeah i mean we can uh, we brass try tacks. to go like kind of chronologically a, somewhat a little, a little i mean we jump around because, jump jump like, jump we around both think that our notes are so important that we have to get to each and every one. Oh my so. gosh okay well, the narcissism i don't want to um ruin the, the you're flow. not no 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 in no uh, way I just, a uh, couple notes that how this also ties into the Oscars for this year. This movie has to do with uh, kind of like a cover-up sweeping under the rug from the Archdiocese, so Spotlight. Mm, spotlight. Oh, yes. There's yeah. a bit of a f- uh, financial kind of a payoff cover-up. It's uh, The Big Short. Oh, nice. Mm. Uh, it is literally said, can you walk and talk with me? And there are some nominations for Steve Jobs, Aaron which is written Sorkin. by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, and then Charlotte Rampling is in this movie, who is yeah. nominated for Best Actress for 45 years and saying uh, dumb stuff. Well, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, Paul. You have once again uh, won the internet, which is a <laughs> term that I did not steal from a popular game show on Comedy Central. Nope. So, um, Gandhi won, though. This movie it did. did not win a single Oscar. No, which the was five, mind-blowing zero. to me. Ben Kingsley's so good in Gandhi. You know what? Oh. I've not seen Gandhi for a very long time. Nor have I. I need to, yeah, I need to go back and see what. But it does feel to me like a prestige picture. Yes. Like, it is yes. an yes. epic. It is, Like, this movie is very personal. But I feel like in a lot of other years, if Gandhi had not premiered this year, this movie certainly would have garnered... Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot more respect. And, and director, and actor... Lack. Yeah, lasting. screenplay and, and picture. It would have taken those four at least, most likely. Now, I I don't know because I am um, stupid. So, <laughs> I I've not I had not seen this movie before. Had you seen it? Before? I had not. Okay, I had not. okay. I feel less stupid now um, because I join you in our stupidity. No, no, no our, our joint stupidity. Yes. Okay. Thank we'll you. Share the burden. So, <laughs> but I like so I I'd known about the movie on the periphery. Like I knew that it existed. 
but you know to to watch it and to understand like oh my gosh i mean this existed out there and i could have seen it sooner Mm -hmm. like yeah that it it hurts a little bit because like this performance of his is so good and Jack Warden's performance is so good. Oh, man. And yeah. James Mason's performance is so good. Like, you kind of, like, as as actors, like, which I am not, like, but as actors, like, you, I think you're missing something by not, by not watching this. So yeah. actors out there. I agree. Like, yeah. get, get into this movie. Like, th- these performances are, like, timeless. That was one of the frustrating things for me preparing for this podcast because you guys were like, you know, find something streaming regarding the Oscars. And so I just started going down the list of either performances or the films that were nominated or won throughout the years. And so very few of them are streaming anywhere. You have mm. to get the DVD or you have to go rent it from a, um, you know, a rental house. And... Um, so I was really excited that you guys actually found something and, um, yeah, so A, I was glad that I got to watch this movie and it was streaming and we're talking about it and B, I'm, I'm like, all you actors out there, get the DVD plan for, from Netflix <laughs> for a while. Oh, you know? for sure. Or like sure. Go, yeah. um, in, in North Hollywood, what's it called? I wrote it down, um, that I go there. Eddie Brandt's Saturday Matinee, that's where I go for videos. And it's like oh. this crazy, awesome oh. video store. And We're... you can just like walk up and you're like, hey, I need some, you know, David Fincher movies and or give me all Paul Newman you got. And they will. They just know. Because we're super video store guys, and it just it's sad that that yeah. is like going more and more extinct all the time. Because, I mean, there's Movie Madness and then, what's the famous one in Seattle? We met Scarecrow. Bruce Campbell there. Scarecrow, Scarecrow Video. Yep. Uh, like, those ones, I think, are still around. But, like, it... It's sad that it's going extinct. Obviously, we love the uh, convenience of streaming, but like, please support your local video store uh, if you get a chance to like get out there and uh, and yeah. do the damn thing. Especially if you, as an actor, you want to do your research into the great performances of all time, because most of those are not going to be available streaming. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. y'all got some homework. <laughs> y'all got some homework, did it? On the other hand, this is the Stream Warriors. On the other hand, sorry. Yeah, it is, but I I mean, support local businesses, support local video stores, support the film medium as an art. On on the other hand, this this is is a podcast about the streets. And we're talking Um, about the verdict. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no. No, no, not in any way. The movie, so as I was saying uh, before, is so quiet. Mm -hmm. There's nearly no music in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh,. And it still works. There's actually a very small amount of dialogue in the movie overall for the runtime. Sure. Because the movie's over two hours. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's over two hours, mm-hmm. which is incredible with how little people talk. Yeah. Uh, but everything everyone says in almost every Mammoth movie, you hang on every word. But uh, the moment where Paul Newman's character starts to. It's such a nuanced performance. I cannot, like. Yeah. Echo Jessica's sentiments enough. Please watch this movie. When he takes the pictures of the girl oh. he's defending oh. on the respirators yeah. and stuff, and it's the camera just sits and watches the Polaroids develop. Yeah. And that was yeah. so smart from a directing standpoint. Yes. And I don't know if it was in the script. I haven't read it. I'm sure it was. Um, or a combination of all three. But here you have Paul Newman taking Polaroids. Mm. And you see the thoughts. Like you see them happening. Yes. He's such a genius. And then so he's taken two Polaroids. Sets them on the bed. And we look at those Polaroids for like 
a good minute. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a not long more. Time. And you see the Polaroids develop. And then you cut back to Paul Newman and you see that he has developed. Yes, he realizes in that moment, that moment, the fact that I am just was in this for the money was monstrous. Yeah. I am I am turning the coin now. Okay, I love it. I love it because like as as an audience member then you have, and I don't know if you guys felt this too, so I, again, I may be stupid, but, <laughs> like, I felt this, like, almost salacious desire to see her. And so, like, oh. as I never then, saw her face. You never no. saw her face. You never see her face. And, so, and you never even see her face in the Polaroids. Mm-hmm. So, that, like, I had this, like, and I presume, and I think it's an accurate presumption that in a modern movie, had this movie been made last year, you would have seen her all over the place. Oh, like, yeah. she would be on the billboards and yep. junk, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, depending on who directed, absolutely. Right, right. Yeah. There'd be, like, the tube sticking out of her throat and junk. It, it would be, it would be like, mm-hmm. again, salacious. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. That so would be for, part of the marketing campaign. Yeah. So for us, for me as an audience member, then to go from, like, that realization that I have this, like, weird like lizard brain salacious uh, desire <laughs> to see her in the picture and then to watch as he develops like into a in, into a more into a, like, back into yeah, a human being into a human being and to, to understand that like oh my gosh this movie has caused me to get into his mindset mm. and then to become better as his mindset moves along yeah. I- silence yeah, and it's all and it's all through his eyes and little tiny mm-hmm. uh, signals or hints with body language, yeah. and it's uh, and that's the thing with him is it's not intentional. He's not giving you these signals. You see it because he feels it and it yeah. resonates. He is so present. There's a, um, I think it's after. I can't remember if it was right after or right before the Polaroid develops, but he's on the phone with the victim's sister mm-hmm. talking about the settlement and stuff and he has a notepad where he's writing possible numbers oh, and he yeah. hangs up it's with before, her before yes and he puts the pen down and the pen rolls off the ottoman or whatever it oh is. my gosh i didn't think about and, that and like here's paul newman like reacting to this pen and you just seem to be like Meh, I don't I'm not gonna pick it up right now. Yeah. And it was just like so present and so real and um it's it's those moments in film when something doesn't go as um you might plan. I mean just so simple as like a pin rolling off. But um you just could see how connected he was. Yeah, yeah he's he's like, Oh, I'm too drunk and I'm gonna be rich soon, like yeah. eh, whatever. Hmm. Yeah. I, well and then like when it becomes like really really prevalent to the audience it's still just so subtle and graceful and beautifully done when he sits down uh with a, I believe probably a cardinal or you know uh, yeah, in yeah. the archdiocese yeah. um and his greed his compassion and his pride they all collide at right. the same time in this mm-hmm. moment yeah and it's beautiful to see that the compassion is what ultimately wins out i, I don't i I, I that is where I stop thinking he's like no I saw this girl and she's in this horrible situation and and is a vegetable essentially um I, I'm gonna get every penny I can for yeah. me for my client whatever that 
it you can tell it stops being about that that mm-hmm. this is a it's still kind of a selfish motivation to a point from the character, but it's coming from an honest and beautiful place yeah. Yeah. where he's like, no, I have to get my humanity back. I have to get my dignity back. Uh, well, it's like you see him connect to his instinct and his guts for the first time in, you know, however many years, you know, maybe since um, he was almost disbarred, since he lost yeah. his wife. Yeah. Um, and, and you see that, you know, this human, this man connecting to himself for the first time and, um, you know, you, you see the reaction a little bit later, um, the sister of the victim and her husband get so angry that he passed on the settlement that was offered because they just, they, to them, that was a huge amount of money. And so it was selfish for him because he needed to take this to trial. He needed to win this case, but for them, it might've been better you know because they didn't know if they're gonna win or not no they no um but yeah so it was a very like personal choice for him to take this to trial yeah well and it's still like even him doing that and not talking to them was still like a horrible thing it was still right. a selfish thing yeah but you're you're like yeah man do it like yeah. as an audience member you're like I, screw those people in suffering yeah Back to back to the scene with the archdiocese there, mm. where where he's sitting in that chair, like which is that awesome like, chair, that awesome chair is a bit the wing wing back kind of thing. Um, I love that you had to punch me. You're like, God, that chair was so good. <laughs> Do you give me a hard time about the furniture? I'm like, yeah. He's sitting there with his bag in his lap, like yes. he never puts his bag mm-hmm. down. No, yeah. and it's so like it's so childlike. Like it, it just oh, yeah. is like he is so. Um, Juvenile. Every choice this, he makes. Throughout this performance. Yes. And it, it's so incredible to see Paul Newman, who is one of the most charismatic actors of all time, to just have moments where after he talks to a possible key witness, where he like grabs himself yes. and jumps and yells. And just so many moments where he right. is so uh, childlike. Yeah. And it, including like, again, um, I would tease it, locking himself in the bathroom. Like, mm-hmm. it's all... Yeah, it's also juvenile, also childlike. And I do love as well. well. He's gone back to that state because his emotional connect, all the people he's made emotional connections with, they've all fallen apart. And he's been this solitary person for a very long time. So all these small triumphs or big triumphs or uh, uh, arguments or uh, it's like when Jack Warden's like, I'm done with you, I'm done with you, like yeah. earlier in the movie. He doesn't even, he has like one response. I can't remember what it is. But it's one of those things like where you're getting scolded by your parents or whatnot, and you're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I get I, that. I agree. With, uh, he's exceptionally juvenile. It's like, yeah. I, I'm the same way, like, uh, you know, when I, I book an acting job or, or you know, what you have you. You grab your like, junk and. I grab my junk and, like, jump up, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I remember when I booked Grimm that we worked <laughs> on together, I jumped up and then, like, fell on the floor on my knees. And, like, that was a co starring role. Like, it was a big deal for me. I loved that part. Mm-hmm. Um,. I didn't necessarily love like the rig and holding that damn camera and running around. No, and you were the cameraman. I was, I was. Yeah. But uh, like, I was thrilled about it. So I like there was a part of me that was. Uh, everybody knows how he's feeling in that moment, and mm. I I wrote this down. I was gonna bring it up later. Who gives a g- hoot? Uh, a the hoot. owls brew. A Who hoot. gives a hoot? Uh, Don't but, pollute. Uh, and a give holler. a hoot. Don't pollute. But there is a vulnerability that he has in this movie and the my literal note that i wrote down is the vulnerability what happened to that with me 
Because you grow up and you start to lose it because you're afraid of how people are going to think of you or react to you or mm. judge you or what or whatnot. And he has this vulnerability and honesty in this movie uh, when he experiences joy or pain or realizations that are super, super real. And it goes back to like a childlike state. That's like why we get so enamored with, I think, with some like child actors' performances sometimes is because they're just playing. They're just pretending. Yeah, and Jacob it's very Tremblay real to them. In room. Right, exactly. How he didn't get a nomination, I'm. I still don't know. It's very confusing. Yeah. It's oh, good. prepare yourself. I will. Yeah, you have kids. I saw it in the theater. At you a have screen. kids. Prepare yourself. Yeah, I saw it at a screening with Brie Larson there, and I was just yeah. Oh, I, for Sag Foundation. Mm-hmm, yeah. I've never been more like tense. Um, and upset throughout a movie in a long time. So. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, phenomenal. Go see Room. Really? <laughs> um, uh, right here I wrote down, James Mason! With an exclamation point. Oh, he's I, was, great. I was just waiting for him. I was like rubbing my hands together. I'm like, come on, James right? Mason. Come on, James Mason. He just like, he's so commanding and he has such a bravura and like the, the office that they're in. You just, oh, when they're in, every time you're in that office with them, you have this sense of dread. Yeah. Like, it's just like, ugh, you feel... Agreed. But it's ugh. different. I feel like movies now, he would be, like, this nasty, like, dripping with, you know, malice yes, guy. Where you're yes. like, ugh, gross. But, like, he's actually a good guy who does his job really well, treats his employees really well. Yeah. And, um... And, and it's that moment, I'm sure I'm skipping ahead of your plan here, but <clears throat> whenever in the movie... I'm uh, I'm probably gonna spoil. It. There's a moment in the movie during the trial where James Mason, his character, has to deal with something that he's clearly never had to deal with in a trial. Yes. And yeah. To see him uh. deal with that, and he he, you can see him get angry. Right. And you, but he deals with it with the legal precedent. Yeah. Yes. And so he's not like. A bad guy. He's, he's a genius he's just lawyer. An antagonist. Yes, but it's funny to like not hate him. Mm-hmm. You hate the judge. Yeah. yeah. You don't hate At James moments. Mason. At moments, yes. I, you know, I, this is I was telling Paul this a little earlier. Like this feels to me, and I tried to compare it as why I was watching it to any other courtroom drama that I've ever seen. So. Mm. The firm. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. A no. time to kill. <laughs> um, you know, any of those movies that is like a uh, a like quintessential courtroom drama. This fits with none of them. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Rainmaker. Or... I was even thinking of like uh like the only one I could uh, a civil action with John Travolta. I was like. Kind of no. Oh, no, 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 because and and like <laughs> a few good even, men. No, he's like so to jump all the way ahead, and I'm not gonna reveal anything about it. You know, there are no spoilers or whatever, but we've all seen it, right? Podcast audience, like <laughs> um, it's been since 1982. Come on, yeah, guys. seriously, yeah. you've had time, and there was a mini sode before like preceding this right. come on you know to watch this and then you can hear us have this damn love fest over it hooray <laughs> so no i okay so um i forgot what i was gonna say it's yep okay. we were just yeah. being very firm with the audience i know yeah right? we were they sorry, didn't deserve guys. that sorry, guys. we still love I, you i've got to say busy, we get it yeah. yeah thank you for taking time out of yeah, your life we love you yeah i i gotta say too this is one of the only times uh, i we talked about this when we watched i love lucy and whatnot this is one of the only times 
when I've seen like a 60 year old man and a 25 to 35 year old woman and like an attraction that is even remotely believable. Mm. I think partially because I have, I'm so biased toward Paul Newman, but in a lot of cases when I see that, which is a lot, I'm just like, really? Really? Well, yeah. really? But okay. with Paul Newman, like, I bought it with the two of them, I, and there's a chemistry there, and it's, it, I, I, I think it's pretty chem- real. I'll give you but the But we find out why I think Charlotte Rampling really sold it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my first impression was just like, come on. Yeah, more of this, But, but then really? at the same time, I'm like... Okay, Jessica, you're in her shoes. Paul Newman, okay. Well, in the way... Um, except sorry, that but, he's a total loser. Like, but the way he... But, but even his pickup lines. Right. Exa- that's what you're getting to. Um, yes. Because nowadays, ladies are so used to, like, super sleazy pickup lines. But how he does it is so, like, classy. Even though he's, he's like, totally down on his luck and uh, is in a bad way. How he approaches her is still really sexy and smart. And, um, I mean, the pairing of it, I mean, we find out later perhaps why she agreed to this. The initial motivation. The initial motivation. But um, he's so charismatic. This character is so charismatic. And you, you see this man struggling to save these people and save this woman, um... That you can't help but fall in love with him. You you know you see her, not helping that. Well, and as ja- as Jack Warden is like telling his whole story, uh, Paul Newman's whole yeah. story, I almost feel like I'm like, should I feel bad for him? Like, do I? I do. I guess I do. But also, like, on the note of like the pickup line, he comes up to her on their second meeting and he says, "Hey, how's it going? Like, looking for the new apartment?" Yeah. He remembered her. He remembered their co- their very brief conversation, mm-hmm. and like he's like, you know what? I think you came back in here looking for me. And the way he says it, it doesn't sound arrogant. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just sounds like this is the fact of the matter. Whether that means anything or not, fine. But that's why you're here. Yeah, and it it just doesn't come off as like gross or like blatant or disrespectful yeah. or like I mean, it's just. And, it's and very viable. You it's get very the palatable. That if she told him to go away, he would do that. He would, yeah. but he would go another one for the lady. Have a good night exactly. and walk away. Yeah, he was yeah. a gentleman. He was. You don't see that anymore. It's true. It's I'm true. certainly fellas, not. Fellas, fellas, no. check out the Paul Newman. <laughs> so. I, I just kept, I just kept thinking about his um, quote, Paul mm. Newman's quote um, about. Uh, he said. Why go out for a hamburger when you know you have a steak at home? Uh, Which is one of, I feel like, one of the sexiest quotes ever. About Joanne Woodward? About his wife. Yeah. And they were so in love, and, you know, all these, so many men, especially in Hollywood, feel like they, you know, need to go out for younger, hotter women, even though they may have this amazing woman at home, and I just love him for saying that. Oh, yeah. He is a gem. And uh, it's a rare, Absolutely. a rare bird. So I okay. I want to jump. I want to jump back to the scene where he is in the chair with his bag. I know oh yeah, no, please, yes, please, please, please. So I okay. So I love the way that he describes her situation as oh like, yeah, as ha- having no home, no family, no friends, 
and like all he all she wants is a payoff or like that sort of thing and and how well that parallels where he is in life mm. and i think that that has something to do with with his journey into like sympathy for her or empathy for her is yes like, understanding them as being very like very similar and so and but I, I, how often will you get a, a a film or a performance where an actor like puts himself in the same position as somebody who's in a coma like that that's just, the walking dead i, I mean drives, that's essentially what he is it drives me crazy like because it's so good that, that yeah. just that that where you begin to feel like he is describing not only her circumstance but his own mm-hmm. it, it this whole movie drove me crazy like it oh, drove the, me crazy how, by how good it's it was. so subtle. you're making me crazy it's so subtle it's so smart and even yeah the structure i've talked before but the structure of it was so um seamless and not what you would expect how we're used to seeing movies yeah. now. Yeah, yes. And we go back to a place to establish something that we weren't expecting but still moves the story forward. And it, yeah. Oh, David Mamet. <laughs> I know. Gosh darn it. Um, so. Did you want a beer, Jessica? Oh, no. I am good. <clears throat> so, I'm drinking um, water now, guys. Yeah. So this is also something that correlates with the Oscars this year. There are a couple of moments in this movie that uh i'm not saying the oscars are this in any way shape or form i know some people are perceiving it that way i have i'm not involved i have no direct opinion leave me alone uh but uh there's you know controversy about the fact that there are some pretty incredible performances by people of color idris elba uh in beast of no nation which i watched and i thought he was absolutely brilliant was that eligible Uh, for an oscar it was yes hmm it was, um, hmm. but uh, the the moment where Paul Newman meets uh, a doctor that they've called hmm. in, uh, who you know is a kind of a, uh, an expert witness on anesthesiology, and he you can tell that Paul Newman does not expect this doctor to be black, and he's like, oh no, like yeah. you can tell he's like very worried, yeah. and also he's worried. Oh yeah, <laughs> like yeah, Dave wrote terribly racist. And uh, and then he has, you know, the doctor stay in his apartment because he had a previous kind of care, uh, uh, expert witness that disappeared to an island somewhere. Also, I don't supposedly. think he afford the hotel room. Yeah. yeah, I think that was part of it, too. Uh, but uh, I think a big part of it was his paranoia. And then the, the scene with James Mason and the other lawyers where they're talking about the doctor and the horrible comments that they're making and whatnot. Yeah. And then James Mason says well sit a black lawyer with us <laughs> like and you're like oh my gosh so this awful. is so awful so awful but in in the the office of the um yeah james mason's office uh you know he has his aide come in and say this is their expert witness you know he's on uh this is who he is this is the board he's on this is the work he's done this is how many trials he's sat on as an expert witness to show that you know he kind of does this for money yeah. Um, and his trump card, right? His trump card is that he's black. Yeah. And James Mason just takes a beat. Oh, that like, beat is like, so good. Like an educational beat to his, you know, young protégés, and says, you know, we're not going to treat him any differently because he's black. But sit a black lawyer at our table. Yeah. And you're just like. The beat that James Mason takes too. You're like, wait, what is he gonna say? What is he gonna say? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, I it, I was kind of on the edge of my seat right there when he took that beat. Yeah, 
I mean, quite honestly, I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it oh, was. Oh, yes. But, um... I, is that is that scene The movie also... leading up to that made me feel like it was gonna be yeah. much worse. Yeah. Is that scene also where we learned that really the trigger for this whole movie is Paul Newman's incompetence as an attorney? Like, where he says, you know, we've been waiting for them to call us and ask for a settlement, but he hasn't done it. And so, like, the whole the whole reason that they offer what they offer and then the whole reason that they prepare for the trial and everything, the trial goes forward because, essentially, Paul Newman's run out of time to negotiate the settlement. And so he, he goes right up to the wire um, and they they know that as the big firm that they are, and they think that it's some kind of like you know grand scheme. When in reality, it's just because he's too drunk to realize that he's got right? in front of him. I I really enjoy that too. I I love the whole trigger of the the movie, and the trigger of his own redemption is his own incompetence. Yeah, it's kind of strange, but it's brilliant. Yeah. And he realizes that, like he accepts that fact of himself. Yeah. While questioning a witness. Yeah. And, yes. And like the fallout of that moment, and then I think it's right after that that we go to the hotel bathroom scene with uh, Charlotte Rampling. <gasps> oh, oh! Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> which is pretty. Which is. Glad I'm sitting. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. Uh. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> uh. The scene between Paul Newman and Charlotte Rampling is probably some of the best one-two acting I've ever seen. And when she says, you wanted some sympathy, you came to the wrong place. Yeah, I love that. This is where I think she is not just a hired gun by the defense. She, right? (laughs) Spoiler alert! 1982! Um, she falls for his kind of immature juvenile nature and the fact that he's so broken Mm -hmm. because she is going through a divorce. She loves feeling needed. And she also loves that this is somebody that she can redeem potentially. And like, just like the, the... She's so steely in that scene. Like, that is some of the best acting I've ever seen. She was so damn good in that scene. She didn't move. And yeah, it's just two people standing across the room from each other. And how I read it, um, I guess from my female gaze, is that here is a woman um, who... Okay, I'm just going to spoil it for you guys. Okay, she's been hired by the defense to kind of hook up with... Paul Newman. Caught me off guard a little bit. It, it, it did. And I watched this movie 10 it, years ago. It wasn't and it... super surprising to me. But um, so anyway, but she is going through a divorce. That is legitimate. And then here's Paul Newman, you know, just always sad for himself. And he comes to her ro- hotel room and she's like not having it because it's true. Like what he's doing, he signed up for. Oh, yeah. And like he gets to have the glory of it. And here she has to deal with Paul Newman's sad self and she has to deal with her divorce and she has to deal with the moral dilemma of selling him out to the defense and so it's like what you're doing is not hard what you're doing is like you have a way out i don't get that so like pick yourself up and move on and it was Mm. just so yeah um 
so juicy to see for a, yeah. a female part who you know there aren't a lot of female parts you have the victim the victim's sister and then you have charlotte rampling who was initially brought in as a love interest sure who like brings them coffee and cigarettes right who later you find out has more depth to her story essentially a prostitute though kind like, of i mean yeah. For lack of a better term, yeah. I mean, as, I mean, I mean she's yeah. being paid to get romantically involved with the absolutely. Yeah. Well, and right. when she when she goes to James Mason's office to Concanon's office, and he is delivering this monologue, mm. and he's like, "The lie practice pays for these offices. It pays for the whiskey I drink. It pays." And he's pouring these drinks, and then he, the camera follows the glass that he's poured. This is all done in a single shot yeah. by Andre Bartowiak, who directed Exit Wounds and Cradle to the Grave. Uh, two huh. other potential Oscar spoilers that were in the running, I'm sure, uh, who shot this movie. And then he turns and he hands the glass to Charlotte Rampling. For me, it was like, I was like, I remember this, and when I saw the movie, I was like, it crossed my mind, but I was like, no, no, no. Like, they're not going to do that. And then it happened, and I was like, oh, damn, they did it. Uh, with her kind of uh, being a double agent, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's British, so she's bonding him. You can't trust those people. <laughs> um, but And she takes the drink, and he's explaining why she's doing what she's doing. And the kind of law you want to practice is what right. we do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, it, it's also kind of... I mean, she also, you can tell in that, in that, that one-two scene, she feels dirty. Yeah. Like, this is the first time in his life he's he's a self-proclaimed ambulance chaser. You don't have to feel dirty, you idiot. Like, yeah. look at what I, like, I, look at what I'm dealing with. She can't tell him. Yeah. Yeah. But she's just in this horrible struggle, like, this personal struggle with it. It's so beautifully acted by both of them, and then he slams the door and locks himself in the bathroom, but... I mean, she steals that scene. She steals that scene. When he goes into the bathroom, and the bathroom is, you know, um... It's in very much still in the room. You know, it's not like I'm going to go down the hall here in this hotel yeah. to the bathroom and hide. Um, it's an ensuite. En- ensuite. It's an ensuite. En- en- ensuite bathroom. In the fo- through and the foyer. Just like, there's so much tenderness in his performance. There's It's so vulnerable. And he's just like pleading with her, like, please, like, please. please just please don't. don't. Like, please don't. Like, I can't. Like, yes. As a, as I a can't child. Take it. Yes. Would, and it was. Just so precious. I think precious is a very good word for his performance. Oh, yeah, that is a great Friggin' Sidney Lumet, man. Oh, my god. Paul Newman. I mean, friggin' Paul Newman, because you know probably a lot of those choices were just him. Good for yeah. Sidney Lumet for pushing during rehearsals and right. for rehearsals, God bless him. Yeah. Like, uh, as to whether or not, like, I mean, I'm sh- I mean, Paul Newman, I, The Hustler. Oh, man, I wish we could watch that. I'm not going to go into depth about it. But, uh, uh, Paul Newman's performance is so good and so layered and just goes back to this, like, like you said, like juvenile kind of classic innocent kind of place where it seems like it's motivated from, but, yeah. oh man. Oh yeah. I wrote down, I, cause I was like, okay, why is Laura here? Like what, what, like before I, before you learn she's a double agent, like yeah. what is her purpose in this movie? I'm so glad she had one. Yes. Yeah. 
I was like, I was like, there's got to be something. I this can't be just a love interest. If it is, like, this movie is poorly written. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, right? I was like, well, okay. Like, David Mamet doesn't put in characters for no reason. Mm-hmm. No. And like, I I loved even like the the guy who played the doctor in the very beginning, the one who was supposed to be his star witness. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. When he's in the car and he says, you know, he's like, "Why are you doing this?" And he's like, "To do the right thing." Why are you doing it? You know? Yeah. yeah. And you, like, believe that? I, I just, I love David Mamet so much. Like, but you believe that moment, and then he disappears. Yeah. Like, he goes to St. Louis. <gasps> which drives me crazy. It does. It drives me crazy. Like, because it is so, it's so, it's so real. Yeah. It's, it's like a. It was in that moment that I thought, did, did I miss something? Do I need to, like, rewind it and right? go back? What, what did I miss? And. No, it's just this person who said, I'm doing it for the right thing. I will be here as your key witness. Yeah. Who just takes off. Ghosted. 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 And it's just that Lament has such a deft hand, even with seemingly ancillary characters. Mm -hmm. It's like, this guy's a master of the legal drama, if genre, if that's Mm -hmm. a genre. Uh, He did 12 Angry Men. He did The Pawnbroker. He did... uh, I don't uh, know The Pawnbroker. Uh, it's, uh, Rod Steiger, and it's really good. Uh, I was hoping you were going to say Rod Stewart. We all did. Yeah. Uh, he did, uh, not that it's a legal drama, but he did, like, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, Child's Play. I mean, he, getting amazing performances just in general, uh, but, like, especially not the Chucky one. Child's No, not the Chucky one. Wait, with, uh... Child's Play, isn't that, uh... No, that's Problem Child, I'm thinking. You're thinking... Yeah. With Jack Warden's in that. But on that oh, note, yeah. too, with Sidney Lumet... He's Lamette... also in, um, uh, While You Were Sleeping. He is? Yeah, which what? is how I remembered him. I've never oh. seen him. I'm pretty sure. I always remember him from Problem Child, I'm not gonna lie. I guess While You Were Sleeping. As Big, Big Jack or whatever. Jack Warden, I remember from 12 Angry Men. Like, that's... I remember him from that performance yeah. as well, also. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, and on that note, I mean, it's like a Lumet reusing actors, too. James okay. Mason and Jack Warden, and I mean, he... Uh... Yep, he was While You Were Sleeping. Oh. Was he like Bill Pullman's dad or San- Sandy's dad? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah. That makes sense. You know what, though? I mean, God bless character actors. Like, oh, just the way gosh, that they're able yeah. to assume any role. And, like, there are there is a dearth of character acting now. Yes. Every, everybody well, You almost to have be, to be anymore. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you I, look at guys like, um, I mean, not, I mean, he, he's a charismatic, like, handsome guy. But there's, like, you know, there's Brian Cranston or Paul Giamatti. Tom or Hardy. Tom Hardy. Like, guys that would be, like, you know, character actors or people, like, um, from uh, Spy and Bridesmaids. I'm, I'm failing to remember her name Melissa right now. Melissa McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy, who you'd be like, oh, she's a character actor. She's a side character, like a comic nope. relief. Gotta be a star. Who's a total lead character and absolutely kills it and is amazing. Yeah. So it's really great that these people, regardless of, um, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> how amazing looking they are or whatever it might be, uh, are getting these really juicy, meaty roles because of how talented they are. Well, good. He was in chairman of the board with Carrot Who's Top. This? Yeah. Yeah, Jack, Jack Warden. Warden. Yeah. yeah. He was in Dirty Work, baby. I uh, know. I know Dirty Work. Yeah. <laughs> That um, was incredible. So, so do we have any more thoughts on the verdict? I do. I love the... Tell us all the thoughts on the verdict. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I always do. Dave will tell so you. So many thoughts. All the thoughts. The, uh... Ooh. 
I love how mad the judge is toward the end that the uh, that the jury has sided in favor of the plaintiff mm. and that they are going to award a sum much larger than what they asked for, which I don't remember See, I didn't, what they, the sum is going to be. They no, never said. Yeah, they I don't they think they did. It. Okay, um, good. But I interpreted that as the judge because the judge was, um, I feel like, genuinely curious as to what the nurse was saying. And then sure. it was... It was like there's almost a moment of frustration when um, it was said that, oh, well, her evidence cannot be used and please disregard. So he had to tell in a very strange, uh, very stern voice to the uh, jury, you must disregard everything. It was like he was almost frustrated that he had to do that Mm. because he knew it was right. Do you think he overdid it? To make a point that he wanted them to think about it. Ooh. This huh. is just hitting me after what Jessica, after what you're saying, after what Jessica's because saying. I feel like he would have gotten it. And like honestly, was, because I had it because it was all, he was extremely yeah. heavy-handed with he was. it. He really went over the top with it, and so now I'm wondering, Sylvester Stallone, Canon Films, over the top arm wrestle, get your son. Canon but, Films. There's a uh, new doc about Canon Films. I, I watched it Did, on it Netflix. Great? It's good, yeah. Okay, it's definitely worth a watch. It. But I um, yeah. but I, I, I start, I'm wondering now after what you said, because I didn't look at it this way, because I looked at it as just like, oh, this guy's a dick. Like, uh, But now I'm thinking, I wonder if he wasn't overly heavy-handed because he realized how horrible this was what happened to this girl, yeah. and he wanted the jury to think about it, and why, that's why he, he overdid it. He realized his mistake whenever he said, sure. I'll allow her testimony. So they heard mm. it. They heard it all. Yeah. That oh, yeah, you're not going to forget that. Lynchpin. And then he realized his mistake of allowing that because he had previously, like, shut down Paul Newman, like, screwed his witness testimony with Dr. Thompson. Um, and then, you know, once the jury asked, like, well, can we, um, can we actually raise the settlement amount? And he was just yeah. like, uh, because as we saw in Spotlight, maybe the Archdiocese has a little involvement. Oh, I haven't watched Spotlight yet. Spoilers! We're so good with the hashtag spoilers. No, it's fine, it's fine. I haven't watched it. I need to watch it before, like, the 30th. I thought we had to vote on the 29th. Oh, then maybe I gotta watch it by the 29th then. Yeah. Uh, I I still have to watch Steve Jobs and Carol. I have to watch Steve Jobs and I have to watch... uh, You guys got four days. I know. Four days. I know. know. I'm gonna have to take him to NYC with me. Um... The last thing I want to say, I loved the end of this movie. Yeah. Where, uh, where... Not what you were expecting. Jo- you know, Paul Newman's won this case. Uh, he gives this beautiful monologue at the end. And then he's sitting in his office and he gets a phone call from Charlotte Rampling. He's just won. He's sitting up very straight. He's got his feet on his desk. Doesn't have a care in the world. There's not a drink anywhere. Yeah. And you he's see o- Charlotte... Except for coffee. Except coffee. Mm. Yeah. And then Charlotte Rampling is calling him. And she goes to put a, a, a liquor on right. her nightstand. It falls off. With a, like a, a compress or something over Yeah, cold her compress eyes. on yeah. her eyes. And it's almost like these two characters mm. have almost kind of switched positions yeah. to a point. It's, mm. And then it's just boom. It's over. Yeah, and that, that gave me that. The, the music yeah. and the black with the red gothic lettering gave me that horror movie feel that, that you were talking about, Dave. Except, so it is, it is over in an instant, except that the 
the ringing of that phone is so jarring. It is. And off-putting. That was it's before so rattling. Yes. It is so, it just rattled. It, it, it just really got to me the more that it went on and on and on. And, and then I was like, you, you kind of get this sense that like he is sort of even relishing that yes. moment. Oh, big time. Like and and so he's not quite the hero that we want him to be. He's still kind you of want him that to be compassionate juvenile, yeah. like that yeah. juvenile state. But I think the the way they ended the film because I was expecting. Sorry, I, there's some ideas and pointing that's happening. <laughs> he um, just made a good point. That's all. Um, but you know, I expected you know he won the, the he won the case. It was a long shot, and you know, like freeze frame, like fist pump, <laughs> and then it goes. Ba, 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 we, yeah, we, <laughs> well, then he leaves the the courthouse, and Charlotte Rampling is just like standing there watching. Yeah. And he looks at her, and he makes the choice, and he doesn't go to her. He looks back; she's gone. Yeah. And then we see her in the hotel in quite a state, and she calls. And then we see him. So it's like a reminder what this movie was really about. Like, this movie was not about the case. This movie was about him and, um, you know, yeah. his relationships with other people. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. He's absolutely redeemed his relationship with Jack Warden. He's mm-hmm. redeemed his relationship with the law. With the law and, and his clients. And his clients and so forth. And, like, uh, his relationship with himself, I yeah. think, to a point. And I think... Uh, I think it is coming from a juvenile place ultimately, but uh, like, and she genuinely, obviously cares for him, and I think he really cared for her. And but he's just like, screw you, like yeah. But I also think where she's coming from is um, like a, a place of embarrassment, and sure. like she she needs his approval to. It's be a able selfish to thing. It's also I think she it's a selfish thing on her end. Yeah, I think. On, on both T- of their parts. Forgive me, like, forgive me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, tell me I didn't do a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, tell me I helped you in this triumph. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Or that she, you know, he, she, like, she needs the forgiveness so she can move on. It's hardcore. Ugh. This, it's hardcore. It's so it good. <laughs> so good. Um, so, uh, I, I love the, um, uh, all, all the same is like a, it's a theme through the movie. You're all the same. Mm. Like you keep hearing it come over and over and over again, and uh, that's why I I really like that about David Mamet movies is he he drives points home, like with uh, with the like precision of a uh, I don't know jackhammer. Like he is like <laughs> he is all about like driving that point. I, mean, I don't if you've ever seen uh, Homicide. Um, it's oh, great. Yeah, I I'll lend it to you. It's it's incredible. It's my favorite David Mamet movie. He directed it, uh, and it stars uh, Joe Montana and William H Macy. And then the TV show was spun off from the show, from the movie, or something. Um, Didn't they have some kind maybe. of loose relation? You know what? I never saw the TV show. Did they both take place in Baltimore? I don't know. Plausibly. I can't remember. Uh, to your point, the the phrase "life's too short" is said yes. three times in this movie. Yeah. As well as "Who do you think you are?" Yeah. He said five times during this movie. He loves those turns of phrases, and all the same, I think is three times. I think I heard at least yeah, three times. I think I did. You're too. all the same. You know, you you lawyers are all the same. It, I think that uh, the brother says it. Charlotte Rampling says it, and, and the, like, uh, the nurse he's kind of interrogating at her door says yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it's so good, so good because you hear it, ambulance chaser three different times from three different yeah. people, yeah. including Paul Newman. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you just you keep coming back to those. It doesn't phrases. feel repetitive. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't at all. That's the genius of Mamet. Uh, okay. So stream it, guys. Just stream it. it. We've talked a crap load about this movie. Yeah. Jessica, uh, yeah. final thoughts on the on the film? Oh, I mean, I was just so delighted that you guys sent it to me because I it probably would not have come onto my radar immediately because it's it's kind of one of those like deep tracks of Netflix. Yeah, it and, is. Um, it doesn't come up on the like on your like no. main screen. All of the ag- yeah. algorithms. That's our job. They're all wrong. That's why you got us. Yeah. Yeah, they're like you know rewatch House of Cards. Now, I, I love House of Cards. I love House of Cards. Yeah. But, um, and and the fact that actually it was on Netflix streaming, which you know as I said before, it's so rare to find. Um, so I was really delighted to see it, and having just done, um, having just done like this acting intensive this weekend, which is all about being present and um, mm. allowing vulnerability, and then to see it personified in this um in this performance um you know as an actor who's been doing this for quite a while now it was just very um it was just very lovely and nice to see that someone who commits to the work that much um and to the character and and lets the character guide them through Mm. the experience he Mm. was not playing that character that character was playing him yeah and um, you mentioned that lovely speech he gave, gave at the end to the jury, and that was another one of my favorite acting moments because he's he's holding a piece of paper, which mm. is clearly his closing thoughts or whatever he was going to say, and you yeah. just you 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 see him having a tactile experience with this paper and and holding it like he might read it and then crumpling it a little bit and then holding it and then crumpling it and finally he sets it down, and he just like freestyles this beautiful speech. And just little details like that are so delicious. So I think if you're an actor listening to this, this definitely needs to be on your homework. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Super, Man. super, super well put. Very eloquently put. I couldn't have said it any no. better. No, I will I drop my mic. I know, right? <laughs> Pick up. Just knock our mic over. We Jessica actually jumped out the window just now, which was the coolest And flew. Thing. Yeah, and she She's flew fine. away. She's Italian totally one. fine. Italian one, it'll come for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ken or- or- Ornstein. Ornstein. Okay? So, I'm watching the uh, the credits. Uh-huh. And uh, the DGA trainee, Ken Ornstein. I was like, oh, what has he gone on to do? He was the the unit production manager on Everybody Loves Raymond for oh, like wow. 11 years or however long that show <laughs> was on. Him. And I was like, good for you, buddy. Like, yeah. you've, like That's you great. are a rich man yes. now. That's awesome. Yeah, great. So, UPM job on friggin' Everybody Loves yeah. Raymond? That's awesome. C- comes out of him being a DGA trainee on this film. So that's Great job, Director's away. Guild. You Thanks can, for the screenings also. Yeah, you can, you can do it. Like, get in there, become yeah. a trainee, become something. Yeah, go moving. to AFI, go to Cal State Northridge. Fantastic. Do <laughs> yeah, do your thing. And you can, like, you know, you um, intern or trainee, yeah. and you can get someplace just by just by virtue of that. Yeah. Quit. Well, it, you never know who you're going to meet. Like, really. No, never. And it's all, all about relationships. All of my jobs, you know, looking at my career, it's like how this came to this to this. It's like, well, this wouldn't have happened if this obscure thing had not happened five years ago. Yeah, precisely. And, yeah. Um, so a couple quick things. Yes. Please. Um, Just major awards. 
Just uh, best picture. Do we know the oh, nominees? Are we, are we who do, who do we think is gonna win? Are there we... seven nominees? Eight. Eight. Okay. I mean, I think it's gonna be Spotlight. I haven't seen it yet, but I think that's what's gonna win. Revenant is getting some major buzz right now. It is. Now. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things where who you would vote for versus who the Academy will vote for. Sure. I mean, we can talk about both, but I, I, I think Spotlight will probably, probably win. Any, any thoughts? I uh, have no thoughts. Okay. I yeah. This, this year, I mean, this year is um kind of. It's off. a weird year. It's a very weird year, and I am like obsessed with award shows. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I did not know that. So whenever you're like, come to our Oscars. Special. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... That's how I sound in real life when not on a podcast, but I'm like, come to our Oscar special. Oh, Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, since since I first knew they were a thing, I have been kind of obsessed with award season. And um, now that I'm like in the industry, I see it in a, in a different light now, but still very much enjoy them and have wanted to like produce them for a long time. But... Um, yeah, this year I, uh, I have so many strong feelings about the Oscars and and the mm-hmm. nominees and who I think will win, um, and and of course the more you do it and as a filmmaker, you know, looking at the editing and the directing and even sound mixing, like I don't know who I can choose because you know I would vote for this movie because they achieved something in this way and this movie achieved it in a different way. Mm. And it's so much like apples and oranges. Yes. Um, that it's it this year especially to me has been very hard to choose. I think it's more bananas and passion fruits, but okay, fine. Well, um, there's five nominees, so you've got a lot of fruit in there. That's true. There's a lot of fruits fruit in there. I uh, uh, you have right. this written down like I eavesdropped on your yeah. card. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite performances from this year was Jason Mitchell as Easy E in Straight Outta Compton. I oh. thought he was so. Yeah. So, so good. So unbelievably that good. That last scene yeah. in the hospital? Yes. Ugh. Now, I haven't seen every performance in every film, but, like, that is somebody that I was like, really? Like, when the nominations came out that he wasn't on it. I was on a little bit any shocked. of them. Now, I'm not an Academy member, but, but hey, they are in for best, on, best cast on the SAG Awards. They are. Oh. As well, well they should good. be. Yeah. 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 Even Ice Cube's son did a great job. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. I think I all really of them good. did such a great job. And, um, yeah, the fact that... I mean, I will say about the Oscars, and I think Viola Davis, who I'm, I absolutely adore, she said something along these lines, is that, yes, the problems with the nominations, the Oscar nominations, um, the lack of diversity is a, is a huge problem, but... This whole journey started months ago when these films came out. Yes. And the campaigning started months ago because the Oscars do not vote for people out of left field because they remembered a good film. Huh. Right. They're they're voting for people who have campaigned for months and who's on top of, you know, the the stack, if mm. you will. And so like we need to make sure that number 1, we are casting people of color in movies. Because I went through all of them. I was like, are there any, you know, people of color in any of these movies that could have been voted for? Very, very few. And mostly in supporting roles. So first we have to do that. And then we need the press to pay attention to those movies and pay attention to those roles. And then, hopefully, we can get the Academy to vote for them. Jessica, 
plug some stuff for us, won't you? You're here. Oh. Oh, this is the shameless thanks. plug portion. I want to hear it. Shameless plugs. Um, and Paul's like, I'm out. She's going to talk about herself. <laughs> um, uh, what do I, I got going on? Um, not so much I can talk about right now, but I will say that, um, well, for, speaking of streaming, um, Z Nation Season 2 is now streaming on Netflix. Check that out. Nice. You can uh, see me perhaps kill some zombies. I would love perhaps. to see you kill some zombies. Um, it was a nice change of pace because I'm usually dying. So that was nice to not... I'm so sorry. To, to, to do that. the dying on... Yeah. Um, to incur that. To do um, the murdering to do and not the, the dying. To do the murdering. Yeah. Um, and hopefully some... I'm, I'm actually... I'm developing a feature film right now. That's my, that's my baby right now. Um, so it's not at a stage where I can share too much about it. But I can say if you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter... Um, you can be apprised of all updates on that um, and other projects that will be coming down the pipeline. Give your and, handles. Um, oh, uh, Twitter is at Jessica E. Martin, and Instagram is at Jessica Aaron Martin. Mm. Um, yeah, I should have made those the same. <laughs> yeah, and, we've had some problems with that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my uh, my website is www.jessicaaronmartin.com, and I also have a newsletter which I take great pride in. So you get a nice little email from me every month. That's so cool. Do you um, use MailChimp? I do use MailChimp. If you are a serial fan. I'm a serial fan, yeah. The MailChimp. Um, I do. So so go to my website and I um, have have lots of, lots of content on there. Videos you can watch, clips from shows I've been in. Um, and just all the latest stuff. It's a cool place people go. On the interwebs. I'm going to go there. You should. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. On that okay. note, hey. David, thank you. And Jessica, holy crap. Jessica, you've contributed to perhaps our best episode ever. Up what? top. Up top. Well, we'll I'm let the this. viewers decide. Handshake on the that. View- the view. <gasps> the view. Let's take a video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Periscope. But we can't thank you enough for coming all the way out thank here. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I wish a token of our gratitude could be more than shameless spoilers and social media and Jameson. But here <laughs> we are. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Please come and do it again. I would love to. fantastic. So, uh, hey, we are the Stream Warriors. Don't you go dying on us.